The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Uh, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. All I'm going to say is, we have podcasts, a holes. Um, and um, it just caught me straight up off guard too. So <laughs> tonight, folks, we are having a um, a grand old time and. Uh, chronicling some comic books for the week and as of always we have with us the man behind the sound effects the man in the shades the level 13 shield agent well okay 17 whatever <laughs> agent underscore 70 what's up everybody there he goes <laughs> and also with us we have the person, the man, the person. Wait, what are you doing? We have the man in the Tron mask, in the Tron hat. We have the international sipper of water. We have, <laughs> we have one, many, many podcasts. Many, exactly, uh, cultivator of pop culture and the network therein. PC underscore dirt. I really put you on the spot, didn't I? You really <laughs> did. <laughs> You, you like just recognize a, 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 you just recognize the flaw in, in with of that happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you had, me I, had, man, I would have had some of this already. You know, I would have had some of this already now. And well, I, was, um, I was reading beforehand, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you're not ready yet, and I'm like, what? Like, I was wasting time waiting for you guys, <laughs> and then suddenly you're ready to go. And we still didn't figure out what first book. But before we get to that, uh, I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter and all the other things. You can also find me at News News Need. You can also find me at um, uh, CB Caps on Instagram and the newly formed uh, CBCaps.tumblr.com. And of course, you can find my cohorts at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and I, uh, Instagram and PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter and also at PopCultureNet on Twitter. And Instagram at pop, uh, PCN underscore dirt, where he does Graham comic reviews. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. At Graham comic reviews, where he does comic reviews. Occasionally. Of, as, occasionally. as much as yes. I used to. Instagram. Yeah, that's right. Not, you, didn't, you didn't do any of this, Reed. That's true. Yeah, no, Instagram is just not Vine. It's not working out. I got to find something else. It's just not hmm. not working. Well, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll try something like Tout or something. I need I need, I need that, that short, like, six-second window, eight-second window of doing Is Tout still around? Uh, I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, well, while we while we try to figure that out, um, who we don't have us with us this week is our normal, usual horse host, horse horse Tim D O W G ninety eight, who is um you know off taking care of some some personal business. So, <laughs> was, wait, what was that? It was a uh, moaning and groaning. <laughs> so, like a dog whining to me. You know, right? I'm like, whoa. Uh, but we, he will probably be back with us next week. But in the meantime, we shall converge and congress about uh, this week's comics, starting with what we didn't 
figure out ahead of time. Uh, and I guess that would be... What did everybody read? Uh, well, you gentlemen read Batman 23, so how about that? Kind of an odd place to start because it's like... Um, the reason why I say this is because it's not completely tied in with the button and with the, the stuff that's upcoming. You know, it touches on it somewhat, but the best part about this was that it was the reunion of um, uh, the uh, creative team behind the vision. No, not the vision. The um, Punisher. Sheriff of Babylon. No, that was Tom King. Yeah, that's Tom King. Mm, okay. I was going to say Sheriff of Babylon, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So the yeah. Punisher? But yeah, they did. No, that was Nathan Edmondson. Ah, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, Mr. Yeah, Rod's about them doing something, collaborating on something else, but we will talk about that later on when we get the news. All right. So, Mr. Rod's makes an appearance uh, um, over at DC doing the art on this book, and it is uh, definitely a change of pace for Batman, but it's a welcome change of pace because of the unorthodox co star in this book. Actually, uh, Raven if, you at, if you look at the credits, it's like script by Tom King, uh, penciled, inked, colored, titles, uh, Credits, something else, something else, something else, Mitch Gerard's, and then someone else did the lettering, and then there's a bunch of editors. Yeah. So it's like he, he all Mitch Gerard's needs to learn how to do is write scripts and do lettering, and he can edit his own books, and he'll he'll just be the one man color sure. machine. Sure. You got to think that's probably coming. Hell, Manifold does it. Although I don't think he does lettering, but anyway. Right. right so, 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 so talk about Batman. So, yeah. well, you know, what I was getting at is that it's definitely, um, it's definitely uh, out of the ordinary in the sense that it's not the it's not your everyday Batman team up issue. Um, it actually involves um, it revolves around um, uh, Swamp Thing and his origin and his background. Because um, spoiler alert, uh, got to ring the uh, the rechristened spoiler bell. Uh... So ba- right. So basically, what the story revolves around is. Um, Swamp Thing recruiting Batman to hunt uh, to hunt down the killer of a certain someone who is very close to Swamp Thing's um, moldy heart. So uh, that's that's the gist of the story, and uh, it's getting to that point where um, the uh, the the creative team really gets to shine and show off a lot of moody um, uh, scenes and just a lot of um, uh, kind of cool little uh, interactions between uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, Alfred and uh, Swamp Thing in like the last place you'd ever think you'd see Swamp Thing. You know, it's it's funny to me because there's a, a lot of humor sprinkled throughout the issue. Like it starts pretty dark, sure, and then and then it jumps into some humor. And especially there's a friendship between uh, Bruce and Alec that gets played up uh, really well in this book. And uh, and then you get to the ending, and the ending is really dark. Yeah, I mean, really, really dark yeah, it was one of those things that like I, I don't think i think if the ending had just happened without the humor in it it wouldn't have had the same effect but i think the humor kind of changes your expectation and changes your mood right. and then when you get to what the ending actually is then you're you're freaked out a little more you're just like oh my gosh yeah I like, this is not at all where i thought the story was going and it's not where batman thought it was going either and right. that's really the key it was a fantastic issue you know i love the mood setting i love the uh the little sub chapters within the issue. Yeah, there's like no. it's broken into like eight chapters or seven right. chapters, something like that. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean the dialogue was really good, spot on between the two characters uh, as they were talking. Um, th- there was a, a great piece of artwork in the book that's uh, in Wayne Manor, 
and you've That's got Bruce sitting on one side and Alec sitting on the other, and you just see like giant bookcases and, and the there's the family photo of the Waynes, and then there's the photo from early on in Rebirth where it's uh, Damien and Jason and Bruce and Dick and uh, you know like everybody and the dog I think is in the photo and it's like hanging over the fireplace and then there's like a photo of like uh, his great 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 grandfather um, that showed up in one of the weird Grant Morrison crossovers from a couple of years ago. So it's like they, they gave it like this night, like the artwork is beautiful, but then there's the nice atmosphere, but these tiny details that show that, um, you know, they've been paying attention to, to the stuff that came before sure. in order to throw like these little Easter eggs in there. Absolutely. And also the look on uh, uh, Ace, the bat hounds uh, face. Yeah, he's got the surprise <laughs> look when he sees Swamp something sitting there. Uh, so, like you said, Dirt, I really like the, uh, the the twist, dark ending at the end of this. Um, it definitely took me by surprise, based off of the you know the how uh, we had gotten to that point. So I enjoyed it for what it was. It did kind of require me to step back from what was hap- what I remember happening in the last few issues of Batman, though. Hmm. You know, like especially since Flash number twenty two uh, dropped this week. Right, and it should have come out last week or the week before. So that did kind of throw off the the pace of it a little bit. Right, just a little bit. It's just that I, this isn't what I remember happening in the book. You know what I mean? Like a, it's it's like a, it's it's a complete not a one eighty, but it's definitely a... well. Although I think the argument could be made that what happens in the button goes pretty deep to, the, and we can talk about this in a minute. We can jump sure. over Flash, but uh, what happens in the button? There's a, a moment that's pretty deep to the core of who Bruce is and what he does. Right, and then this issue. It's almost like he's recovering from that and things are going back to normal and then it ends and it's like, no, it's not normal. Like, this is so, right again, dark and, and deep that it's like another hit on top of the pile when it gets to the end. Right. Like the, the, last few, the last few panels on the last page are the ones that really leave you wondering what is going to happen next. Right. So maybe there's going to be a breakdown of Bruce Wayne happening here pretty soon. Possibly, possibly, possibly. Although we have to, you know, we have to admit without spoiling everything, um, it was pretty sad. Um, you know, the the uh, the 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 the, the, uh, the ending of this particular uh, short story involving uh, Moldy Swamp Thing. That was tough. Yeah, but a good book. Very well done. Yeah, it was very well done. So if you want to jump right into Flash Twenty Two, let's do it. We can do that. Okay. There it is, Flash Twenty Two. And. I think there are two. I thought the story was really good, and there's a moment we'll talk about towards the end here in just a minute. But I think that there are two big criticisms of this particular story or this particular issue of the story. And that is that one, you can see right here on the cover that Jay Garrick is in it. Yes. And in fact, there's the variant cover, which is very obvious that Jay Garrick is in it. Yes. And yet, the story is built around the idea like, oh, there's this mystery guy. There's somebody else. Who's this mystery person? And then he shows up, and it's Jay Garrick. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. And you're sitting there going, okay, well, I mean, he's on the cover. Like, we right. knew this. And, like, they told us this, uh, like, three months ago or four months ago when they were uh, hyping uh, this storyline coming out. So it really wasn't any sort of surprise. Right. Um, and then I, I'd say this like changes the lenticular cover. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you flip it back and forth. It's just a modern rendition of Jay Garrick and an older one. So, right. I suppose it's still a, a, awesome cover, by the way. Um, but the other big problem is that this story ends not as wrapping up this particular chapter, but as 
um, like, hey, this whole thing was a prelude to a story coming out in August. Make sure you right. come back for that one. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I understand why they do that and how they want to, like, tie things together and make people – because they knew this was going to be a big deal. Everybody's buying this. Uh, they've been hyping it forever. So, yes, it's good to, you know, plant those seeds that you're going to come back to later, except it was so blatantly done that you just feel like, okay, all I got was the prelude to a bigger event that's coming, and this one doesn't really – it doesn't really cement anything. It doesn't change anything. Uh, you get some subtle nudges of characters kind of going in a different direction, maybe. But for the most part, this ended just as a, hey, don't forget to see what happens down the line uh, and not so strong for this particular issue. Agreed. I agree with that uh, with that review because I was pretty nonplussed by the entire book and the and the uh, the conclusion to the uh, the button storyline which started out with a bang and seemed to progress and definitely had a lot of promise. But this being the last issue of this particular crossover, it, you know, it, it's a setup issue, obviously. So it's not going to end with the big bang and have a, you know, a big thrust to it. It does reveal what we all expected without spoiling it. You know, we, it's, it's been talked about um, for some time where this is leading. And in the news, we're going to get to what is introduced at the end of this book. And um, also, like you were saying, Jay Garrick does appear and, uh, you know, something does happen to the character in this. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's pretty much all we get out of this. So I was pretty, I, I, I walked out of the store thinking, oh, this is a cool lenticular cover and thinking, I don't know if it was worth the whole, you know. <laughs> no. Like th- there's, a, there's a Batman moment and, I mean, I guess we can talk about what happened previously in Batman 22, right sure. before this, um, you know, when he meets his father, Thomas, um, and Thomas just says, stop being Batman, like retire, like live a normal life, let other people take care of it. You don't have to throw your life away. You don't have to do and, it for me. That's what he says, basically. Right, right, right. And so this has a, a bit of a follow-up to that. There is a moment that deals with the fallout from that um, towards the end of the book. Which, again, plays into, I think, a little bit with what's happening in, in the current issue of Batman with Swamp Thing and how it almost feels like things start to go back to normal in his life and he's not obsessing as much on the, the events of his you know, father yelling at him. But then the end of Batman is so dark that maybe it is going to throw him off in the long run. So right. we do see that, that that does follow through into this story and we get a very interesting moment with that towards the end of the book. But that's really the only thing that feels like it, it permanently change that came out of this book that's going to have a any sort of deeper meaning you know going on in the right, come forward, right. Yeah. Hmm. so uh on the the youtube chat we have uh gene gene paul ace peter who says a uh, beautiful cover man amazing stuff and gets to talk about the, the, the flash cover that yeah. you got up and from our tim uh his notes say that the button finale uh was fine enough i guess most intrigued with the Batman ramifications, Jay Garrick return is opposite of Wally West in DC Universe Rebirth. Um, and I know there are people that get super excited when Jay Garrick comes back. So was it, you think this was what appeased him enough? Well, I mean, it is just an appearance. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one the one neat like Easter egg thing about it is that when they drew the close-up of his face, he looked like John Wesley Shipp, the actor who played... Uh, the Jay Garrick version of Flash on the new TV show and played Flash in the old 90s uh, mm-hmm. TV show. So that was a nice little you know, wink and nod as far as that goes to those fans. But um, the character appearing here, it's not, it's not a substantial appearance, really, I don't think. Um, it, like, again, it hints 
that there's something more out there to um, come, right. but it's not right. really happening in this story. There you go. Gotcha. Alrighty. Well, that being the case, let us move on to you. Got anybody got anything else they want to? Because I can. Well, I think the other big book since we're, we since we're still on DC. Oh well, okay. If we want we to some DC. stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say because the other big book was a Marvel book. Right. It's true. I'm I'm out of uh, DC. Well, in that case, let me get to uh, a couple since we're on DC. Um, in fact, Tim and I both read Teen Titans number eight, uh, and he says. Uh, part two of Lazarus' contract, Deathstroke comes across as somewhat relatable, as somewhat relatable, uh, even after tricking and kidnapping Teen, West, uh, Teen Titans' Wally West. Both teams of Titans meet for the first time, which I, I thought the same thing, too, but I was like, wait, this can't be the first time. That seems weird. But um, it was... Uh, I, I, en- I enjoyed reading the book. It definitely made uh, a little more sense after that last one, even though it really didn't say... It has it didn't say too much more than you know what the last book's uh, motivations for why Deathstroke is doing what he's doing, but you know it definitely did make uh, Deathstroke a little bit more relatable, even though he just straight up kidnapped a dude. And um, but we also figure out why he did it because at the end we see what what that uh, goes into. the The Titans both said this the Titans teams meeting went as you would expect it, and I kind of had in my notes um, he was our worst own worst enemy. Because like these two teams get together and they almost start a fight, you know. Damien's kind of a creeper, but you know, to, Damien is who he is. <laughs> uh, you know, Dick's still apparently holding on to his recent days because you know this, this is all kind of coming across. I mean, coming about because of a well, partially because of a secret, pack, um, a secret pact that he made with Deathstroke or something a while ago, which they didn't seem unless I missed something. They didn't seem like they made that totally clear. But you know, there's a thing. <laughs> but um, but there was also something I did not know because I hadn't really been reading the Flash or what have you. But apparently, uh, Kid Flash's father was Reverse Flash at one point, and I was like, "Wait a minute, when did that happen?" And you could also see in this issue, there's like a um, you know, you, you see a panel with with Wally just kind of thinking to himself, but on the wall, you see a shadow of him, kind of looking like Reverse Flash. Type of situation, so I'm hoping that's not foreshadowing anything. Okay. Um, but um, outside of that, you know, it was um, it was a pretty good read. I thought, you know, the whole this whole um miniseries is kind of just trucking along, and I'm thinking it what it ends next with uh, Deathstroke next is it next week. De- or whenever Deathstroke is this week. Uh, or next Wait, week. Next week. Yeah, but say I don't remember. Uh, it is next week, but uh, I don't remember if it's just three parts. I was thinking it was six parts. I'm not sure because I know they kept saying, you know, it, the only ones they mentioned were these three parts, like the Titans, Sea Titan, and then Deathstroke. But I hadn't seen anything further than that, which would make sense because it's like, wait, if it ends next next, um, if it ends with Deathstroke, then that's short. Yeah, it just doesn't is... seem like that's long enough for exactly. It's not enough for a trade. Come on, guys. Exactly. <laughs> 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 but I guess if you if you consider the fact that the original Juice contract was what three issues. So, but I don't know. Well, like I said, it was cool. I mean, um, you you do get to see a part where I'm going to assume they're going to bring back up where um, Tempest and Jackson kind of talk because Tempest is asking Jackson, like, where are you from? Like, man, I don't even, I don't know himself. I came to the Titans, you know, to find that out. And because uh, Tempest seems to think that he's at Atlantean, which obviously we know from, you know, from Aqualad's uh, original origins that, 
he is. He just this version just doesn't know it. So I'm assuming that's going to go into something at some point. But yeah. Um, and uh, I guess while I'm here, did he read this? Well, there's this click of the week. Yeah, now we get to we'll save that one for for that point. Um, no, he didn't read it. Okay, so I'm going to bring up Trinity number nine, real quick. Uh, this starts a new arc, Dead Space Part One, as it says, and I had me a immediately thinking of the video game of the same name. <laughs> and uh, it kind of is not that far off from what I know of the, for not know of the game, except for it's not really, though. So basically, um, in the beginning, we have the Trinity sitting in a cave from the last, um, from the last arc. It's talking about the, uh, some things that happened in the last arc. You know, Superman's like, what if it was all real? I mean, you know, it all seems so real. You know, Bruce is like, yeah, it wasn't real, and you know, all of that. You know, Bruce being Bruce, and then the, you know, Diana's just trying to talk him, talk him down, and then a boom tube shows up, and uh, because they go into the cave and find some carvings that was apparently done in a dream sequence, but it actually isn't, and then somebody else from the um, from that arc shows up. Then they cut to the boom tube, and they end up on uh, the Watchtower, which has seen better days because um, there is this. Something happened to where the somebody blew a hole into the ship, or something. Somebody something blew a hole in it, and Cyborg apparently sent a boom tube to, to uh, various members of the league to um, to help patch things up. There's an alien uh, infestation going on, which takes over a couple of members of the um, of the league, and uh, uh, there's a Nimrod-looking person at the end of the book that seems to, seems to. Uh, have something to do with it, but maybe actually trying to fight it, but his way of fighting, and you can see in the shadow above the, the Trinity there, that's who it is. Not sure who that is, because I don't think it's anybody who's been established before. Um, but uh, outside of that, it, I, enjoy, I still enjoy this book. There was a nice Hall of Justice reference um, made in it, and I was like, alright, I, I appreciate that. Manipole's art is as, is as great as, um, as it was. If you follow the CB Caps uh, Instagram, you will see a panel that I, I posted on it. That's really nice, you know. And again, like I think we like we said earlier, uh, you know, Manipole writes the book and does the art for it, and pre- does a pretty uh, great job with it. What it is, I would argue that pe- probably more people need to read this book. And I'm not saying it's in trouble or anything, but I've been enjoying it so far, and that's just my personal opinion on it. Well, it's, it's also issue number nine. I think it got further than I thought it would. It, sure. yeah, it's in it's in my read pile. I just haven't had time. Like here, this I'm just going to show you. This <laughs> right here is my current uh, reading pile oh, of geez. stuff to get through. Nice. So That's like my I, free comic book day pile. Almost. <laughs> I've got a, a few issues to catch up on. It's it's in the pile. It's right there. None of us are going to see it. Like it's like it's kind of a it, it kind of reads like a side story because you know and obviously most you know you mean like an out of pocket moody story. No, 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 no. Um, oh. It is still continuity. It's just like, oh, this is like the side, obviously the side adventures of these three characters away from the league, but still right. as a team. Gotcha. All right. So there is that. All right. So I guess it's time to deal with the uh, elephant in the room, Secret Empire number two, the big book out from Marvel this week. Sure. Go for it. So everyone's going to talk about what happens on the last page. And I like uh, Tim's notes <clears> on this. So, uh, our very own at TimDog98 uh, read this book and left us his thoughts. Um, everyone's going to be talking about the last page reveal, as I just mentioned, but the book is also filled with personal moments between the resistance fighters and the exploration of the moral dilemma of killing or to kill or not to kill Hydra Cap. 
Um, I definitely enjoyed this book. It definitely had a very uh, moody feel to it because of the art by Andrea Sorrentino, which is the majority, let's say like 90% of this book is Sorrentino's art. And it definitely provides uh, the mood, which is dark, which is, uh, you know, the life of the resistance and trying to live in um, uh, Hydra, you know, in, in, uh, America taken over by Hydra. So, you know, in the aftermath of the attack on Las Vegas and the aftermath of the attack on New York, where, uh, you know, we basically uh, explore what life is like um, uh, under Hydra rule. And we also find out the big reveal is that there are, um, that, uh, that uh, a bunch of the resistance heroes find out from uh, the, well, spoiler bell, sort of, because he did die last issue. But just in case you're a little bit behind, we find out from one Rick Jones who left behind uh, essentially a last will and testament and also uh, um, what he had found out about uh, how uh, Kobik had changed uh, Steve Rogers. And basically he let the, uh, the resistance heroes in on that secret and, uh, you know, that's where some of the dilemma comes in because I think a lot of the heroes are uh, dead set on trying to redeem and save Steve Rogers while some are just saying, you know, it's time to take him out. So um, huh. that's, that's what's explored in this issue. And um, the spoiler at the last page, uh, you know, the last sequence, actually, it's, uh, it's, it's done by a different artist. It has a, de- a definitely different feel to it. And, um, you know, it's purposeful because, um, you know, Immediately, once you see that the art change, you're trying to figure out, well, what's the artist doing? And then you get to the last page, and if you were unspoiled like I was, it definitely hit you for a loop, even though you suspected this might be an option in, in terms of how the story resolves itself. But it still knocks you for a loop, and it's a good, you know, it's a good twist, as long as you weren't spoiled by um, the internet leading up to the book. So do you think that the change in artist is because this was a late change in the story or were they trying to hide it from the person who was working on the book? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think that they wanted to have a different look to it. To be honest, I, that, that was the, that was the, the sense I got. They wanted to have a different look to the reveal page. I felt like there was a reason to, to be more super that, heroic, to be honest. I, was, I felt like there was a reason to believe that they hid it, not just from, like, like pretty much from everybody, but I, I can't say if that was actually true well, you or think, not. You think they suspected that the the main artist was a leaker that he would leak the? <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't think it had anything to do with the artist person. Is that what it was? <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with the artist because I mean they have done this kind of stuff. I mean, before. <laughs> you know, <it> was like, <laughs> so it, it has nothing to do with the, the artist. I don't think if that's the case, that's some funny shit. But um, I, no, I think I just they probably did it just to kind of keep it, or it's like one of those things like maybe they had like two different two different versions of the ending. So just in case it did get out there, I you know, then no one actually knows know, which one I, was the real one. I kind of feel it was like maybe a last minute change. Like they had something else there, and they go, mm, "You know what? We need to do something different here than what we mm-hmm. had planned." And they, you know, grab someone else and said, "Hey, draw this, this, this real quick." Let's throw. I mean, that's always also possible. Also, yeah, so. that's definitely possible. But like I said, we don't possible we don't. or probable. I say possible, not probable. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going possible myself. But um, I don't know. I, I I have a distinct feeling that we will probably find that out fairly soon. Sure. Because now that it's out there, you know, all of the stories about that tend to come out around it, or at least some of them anyway. Sure. Uh, but that being the case, if we are finished with that, we want to get to the, the tie-ins. Sure. 
By all means. I didn't. I don't, okay, that, that was what I was uh, wondering. Yeah, I didn't read any of them, so you. this is you. So that's all me. Great. All right. So, okay, so here's my question. So Secret Nevada 2 takes place after Hydra's already taken over. Is, is that correct? Yes. It's okay. the aftermath. Sure. All right. So that that being the case, um, I forget which one was it. Oh, U.S. Avengers, uh, number six. This takes place around the time that the shield gets in place around the Earth. In fact, we, I believe we actually see, or was the shield, see, that's the part, see, okay, so a little bit of scenes. I have not really been keeping up with Secret Empire all that closely, so some of this stuff is going to be kind of, kind of lost as the, as the, uh, the time. The sequence, maybe? So, uh, huh? You're confused about the sequence, maybe? Yes and no. So, anyway, U.S. Avengers, um, we see Cannonball come home from Shi'ar space, um, into this big-ass battle with the Shatari and the Ultimates and Guardians and everybody else who's out in the space, including the new Quasar. Um, so, which, this part was kind of weird, because it's like, okay, Cannibal comes in, you know, like, he gets out, starts, you know, starts doing the hero thing, he tries to help out Quasar, and they both seemingly get blown up by a Chitari, um, uh, one of the big tips ships, carry ships. Then the rest of the issue is uh, Roberto trying to figure out whether you know whether he's alive or not because he did actually talk to Sam before before that went down. But also, what seems to be in parallel to Revenge of the Sith, um, machinations start going into place because basically Roberto's still on a helicopter carrier with uh, with that team with the the U.S. Avengers in a hold pattern because they know about what's going on in space, but cap told them, but hydro cap told them not to go and stay there. But once uh, Roberto starts to, you know, once Roberto finds out that Sam could be possibly dead, they decided they want to go ahead and go. And then Steve happens to pop up and be like, uh, no, Hey, Hey, you said chill here. Cause what if they, everybody gets through. And then uh, he mentions, Hey, they signed the order that, that, um, that pretty much gives cap, you know, uh, He's he's the head of the country basically, so he's got a uh, su- supreme executive rights. Um, to which surprises Roberto, and then the shield goes up also, and then Hydrocap pretty much uh, signs. I mean, executes Order sixty six, where a lot of the um, in, in, in where um, the, the the aim agents uh, have to deal with because apparently, and I think I've talked about this before, so. All of AIM has gone through um, some version of Professor X's um, mental training to uh, keep from getting hypnotized or whatever, or taking mind controlled. Apparently, one of them didn't. Uh, because so while that goes on, because they're dealing with the fact that they might be being mind controlled, uh, uh, somebody possibly comes in and takes out Roberto. Hmm. Um, the Hulk gets messed with. Uh, given some 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 stuff that, that that messes with his transformation, or more important, gets him under control, and then there's this big start of a battle on uh, Washington D.C. soil. That's that is at the end of the book. So it seems, like I said, in a in a Revenge of the Sith slash Return of the Jedi um, <laughs> compilation, we see some things that seem to kind of familiar to Star Wars fans. I'll put yeah. it that way. Uh, that is that. And we go into which is actually does come after this. Oh yeah, and there was a there was a nice uh, power pack and annihilation of fifty cent reference in that book that I appreciated, whether they were intentional or not. Okay. Um, let's see. Ultimates two number seven is the next one, which actually does come after U.S. Avengers number six in a way. 
because this is deals with the battle out in space with the Shatari trying to come in. The shield is in place, but uh, they mentioned that the shield fails and that Alpha Flight and everybody has to, um, you know, has to defend the Earth. But miraculously, the shield comes back on. But Carol gets the sense that it wasn't there was nothing wrong with the shield. Steve just took it down and then brought it back up. For, uh, to kind of lull uh, for some reason. Then th- th- there was a battle with the Shatari, and then this was like after this is after we found out that um, Quasar and Cannibal might be dead, but we don't know. Then we see the, the Ultimates kind of wallowing, and Carol's like, "Well, I should have known better," you know, you know, and talking about the Shield placement and that's not other. And then there's a talk about a, a secret mission that America's on. Come to find out, she's trying to find uh, Galactus to help bring down the Shield. Which doesn't go quite as quite as planned, and then Monica herself is trying to take down the shield in a in a move that is reminiscent of the Leviathan, which I was hoping that didn't play out the same way, and it didn't, thankfully. Sure. Um, if you, if anyone knows about that that storyline, sure, that's where she initially loses her powers uh, mm-hmm. as Captain Marvel. Uh, well, you know, as, as that version of Captain Marvel. I wanted to touch on one thing. I did not read this. I was just skimming it, and okay. um, I, I went straight to the credits page at the end of the book. And I noticed that you know yes, the art, art is different, is very, very, mm-hmm. very different. It is, it is noticeable. Now, I don't think it's enough that it take you completely out, but it is a distinctive change. Definitely, I will say that. Um, but yeah, like I say, uh, America's looking for Galactus, who's pretty much chilling in um, Molecule Man's rumpus room, and um, <laughs> who, and it also knows about the shield. Okay, but but he's basically not going to help because he's just looking at he just shows America this. Uh, this TV where where they see Captain Marvel talking about the shield and that it's hold you know that it's strong whether it's strong enough to hold back Galactus and he's like nah you you guys are on your own because you know this is <laughs> this is y'all's thing and I and I need to feel you know before before everything that happened happened I would have probably been able to help you guys but you know, this is your thing so you're on your own and I need to recoup so the end of the story I mean the end of the book kind of ends with um, the rest of the team finding out that Galactus is not going to help them, and another wave of Chitari coming in, and they're pretty much on their own. And that's that. Alrighty. Okay, so I think we're uh, starting to get into rapid fire territory now, because we've had a num- gone through a number of books now, so I think we should uh, get into a little bit of rapid fire, just to get things moving along. So... It is rapid-fire review time. Well, let's go through a couple of Tim's books, then, that being the case. Uh, and first off, we have Invincible Iron Man number seven. Uh, Tim says Riri decides what her career path would be for ride to MIT, join the champions, or work with, in Tony Stark's personal lab. She also, which is, this is strange, faces off and loses to Will of the Wisp, which is a, <laughs> which is a name I hadn't heard in a while. All right. So Tim also read Royals number three. I like this book a lot. It actually seems to me like it uh, it, it, it branched into a territory we really haven't uh, learned about before, which is, well, Tim's quickie notes uh, are basically the last inhuman is revealed. We kind of knew who it was. But plus, we also learn how Black Bolt and Maximus's powers came to be and how they react to and interact with one another. And that, to me, was you know, so much uh, fun to read in this because it definitely expands upon what we understood to be how, uh, you know, one, how they're related, and two, um, you know, this is definitely Al Ewing um, adding in a lot of different wrinkles into the relationship between the two. Um, is it a Scott and Alex situation? 
it's similar. It's a play on that. It's definitely a play on that. So um, it's definitely a fun read. It's only issue number three, so I definitely think that if you're um, looking for something a little bit different, you can catch up on this pretty quickly. And um, it's it's uh, a different ride because obviously, um, who you think is in the crew of the Inhuman spaceship in issue one is not exactly you know who's there in issue two and three. Okay. Uh, we'll skip that one, and we'll go to Mighty Thor number 19, Tim says. Uh, Shia Asgard Ward finale. Odin's son joins the battle, but it's the power of the new Thor with the help of Quentin Quire that forces the Phoenix Force away. I was kind of disappointed in this issue, to be honest. Um, there's a great uh, interaction between uh, Jane Foster Thor and the Phoenix Force, uh, and the Phoenix Force is uh, portrayed in a much different light and a much different way than it ever has been before. And that, you know, definitely uh, proved to be the most compelling part of the story. But I felt like this was, um, you know, a pretty uh, drawn out into the, the Asgard Shi'ar uh, war as it is. And, um, you know, we basically, you know, come back to them being, uh, you know, kind of settling things the old-fashioned way over mead. And, um, uh, you know, things get, you know, things sort of uh, revert back to normal. Um, there is a little bit of a change in the, the status quo of Jane Foster in this, in terms of her duties as part of the uh, Congress of Realms. And uh, we move forward with uh, the return of uh, an old-school Thor uh, villain who is uh, the last page reveal. And, uh, you know, we move from there. But for me, overall, this, wasn't the, this was not the most um, uh, exciting ending to, uh, you know, to, to this little mini uh, story arc. Um, I honestly think that the most compelling panel in this is finally Jane Foster and the Odinson coming together. And what's implied is that they're going to sit down and have a nice long talk about what's going on with Mjolnir. So um, I'm looking forward to that. You know that that could be like an entire issue, to be honest. You know, between the two of them trying to figure out what's happened. So, um, but that's a, that's a kind of a cool little tease in this issue. All right. Uh, then X Men Go number four. Sure, you read Tim this, right? Read. I did. Right. Well, Tim says uh, Gambit is back. Fun issue with very nice dialogue between the team. Sure. Um, <laughs> 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 Thanks, dude. Ah, that's that insightful <laughs> commentary there, sir. You know. <laughs> This is what you get on this show. I mean, this is a quality that we deliver. <laughs> I'm actually look, I'm kind of looking forward. Well, not this sort of looking forward to, but I was curious to read this book because I have been reading the last couple, and the fact that Gambus coming back it was like, well, this is absolutely the '90s all over again. See, I've never been a big fan of Gambit, so mm. uh, oh, I mean, I like what is wrong with Gambit? <laughs> I, don't, I don't like hate the character, but he just really doesn't do anything for me. He just takes up space. Uh, um, oh, man. I mean, there, he had a couple of great, you know, uh, issues in um, the Jim Lee X-Men where they were exploring his background. Remember when they crossed over with Ghost Rider? Mm. Back in the day? I do not, but... You vaguely remember that? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, you know, it was okay. I, um, the, Like I said, Gambit really doesn't do much for me, but, I mean, he's he could be in there, he could not be in there. It really doesn't make a difference. So that didn't add, like, any sort of great enjoyment to the story. I thought the the basic story overall, um, Gambit is tasked with stealing something, uh, which he does, and it turns out that... I'm trying to decide how much I want to spoil here. Um, I'm the bell. 
Eh, no, because I won't. I won't do it. I won't do it. All right. Um, I was about to rewind it and then hit the bell. <laughs> but uh, he he's, he has to steal something, and of course, the something he steals is something that could be very dangerous in the wrong person's hands. And it turns out the person that he's stealing it for is the wrong person's hands to have it. So of then course. he tries to get it back. But in the process of trying to get it back or at least get it away from that person, he makes things worse. And so in order to try to stop things from getting worse, he tries to blow something up. And in blowing something up, he causes the worst possible outcome, which is why he has to call on the X-Men. Oh. And so it's it's kind of like this perfect storm of like just he's apparently the biggest idiot in the Marvel Universe and makes the dumbest decisions uh, because he did something wrong, did something wrong, did something wrong, ah. did something wrong. <laughs> and so the end of the book actually ends with a new evolved form of something that the X-Men don't like. And I'll just, I, I like, again, I'm trying not to spoil it, but it just, I think falls, you've said enough. <laughs> it, it just, it was too much of, we had to do this, 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 to get them to have a reason to come together. You know, gotcha. um, it just wasn't the greatest way of bringing them together. And there's a subplot that gets brought up in the beginning of the book uh, with old man Logan and um, I want to say it was Storm. Um, yeah, Old Man Logan and Storm. Uh, and there's a murder, and so they're checking on the murder, and apparently this murder is connected to some other murders, and then it goes away. And there's like two pages, like right in the middle of this story about these murders and them investigating the murders, and then it never, it never goes back to him again. Yeah, it's never so, going to come show up again. I'm sure it'll come back at some point, but it just it doesn't tie into the story here, so it's just a filler thing to just waste a couple pages so that they can come back to something in the next issue or the next issue after, you know? Um, so it, it just felt, it felt inorganic the way it was put right in the middle of the story. And the story itself felt very inorganic the way they had to jumble all this stuff together just to make a reason for Gambit to reach out to the X-Men. So um, it, it, it was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. There was nothing really wrong with it, but it wasn't great. I didn't finish reading it and be like, yeah, X-Men, I got to read more of these. It was just mm-hmm. like, okay, it was, it was there. It's a book. You can read it. It exists. And that's the end. Right. Alrighty then. Okay. Last on Tim's list, which I've read right uh, before we started Luke Cage. Number one. I read that too. All right, cool. Yeah. And I got yeah. The, one of the hip hop covers for this week. It's uh, right yeah, here. I didn't, yeah, the uh, Method Man 2000 cover. Yep. Took out 2000, excuse me. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't get that cover, sadly. Um, but Luke, uh, Luke, Tim says, was fine enough. Love Blake Nelson, uh, the, the second's art with uh, Marcio Menz's colors. And I would agree with that. It was all right. Like, I, I basically kind of skimmed through it. It's basically Luke um, finds out that the guy who's who gave him his powers has died. And there seems to be some family things going on, or potentially some family things going on with uh, with uh, Dr. Bronstein's family. Right. Definitely, pur- it's it's purposefully uh, reminiscent of the Netflix show. True, There's a lot Absolutely. of elements in here that are meant to uh, invoke elements of the Netflix show. So um, there is a definite purpose to this relaunch or this launch of Luke Cage number one. I like how there was a character in there, and I don't know if this was the character's name or if Luke just called him that name, Big Worm. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I was like, all right, Friday reference, nice. Um, but yeah, it was okay. Like that from what I skimmed through it. Um, Alrighty. So um let's see, so, uh, let's see. What else we got? What else you guys got? 
Uh, how about Nick Fury? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'll just number two on that, Dirt. I liked it. Nice. So did I. I think you would too, Age of 70. <laughs> All right. Um, so, it, you know, the first issue was definitely uh, very trippy yes. and uh, filled with a lot of very unusual artwork. Um, this one's kind of no different. Yeah, this one is is pretty much the same. It's got that same kind of crazy vibe to it, uh, weird artwork. Um, it's definitely... Uh, it, it, it took me a while to really kind of get the aesthetic that it's going for. But if you think back to James Bond movies and spy movies in general of the mid to late 60s um, and the way that they they were trying to be like beyond future tech, uh, if that makes sense. So like James Bond would have a video screen in his car that he could do video chats with people, but it looked like you had a tiny film projector like in the dashboard projecting film onto the screen, you know, um, but it, it's trying to think ahead. And that's what this book, like it, it finally hit me that that's the thing it's trying to do. Like we all know that comics always deal with a somewhat futuristic, you know, Iron Man armor doesn't exist, but you know, you look at the idea of it and you think in a way it's, it's possible. Maybe it could. Whereas this book, because it's the spy side of Nick Fury and he's fighting, he doesn't fight gangsters. He fights gangsters on the moon. He's not fighting not just, not just gangsters, the Yakuza. Yeah, but the Yakuza on the moon. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've got cameras and he uh, he wants to disrupt the cameras. So he, he sprays the special diamond dust. But of course, it's not diamond dust. These little pieces of Quite dust, are these, these these tiny like polyhedron uh, nanite electro swarm cloud thing that can change its properties. And, you know, it's like just beyond beyond the future tech. You know, it's 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 that one step beyond what we normally know in the in the Marvel universe is the tech, and so it just adds that fun next level element to the story. And I gotta say, also another thing, crazy thing in this book is uh, when you go into the store and you look at toys, and uh, I'm, this is trust me, this tangent will will tie back somewhere. There's hey, always... anytime we talk, we open up the Combo Chronicles toy corner, right? <laughs> so there's there's always. Uh, Batman figures and they they run out of ideas for Batman so you know you've got Batman and then you'll have like nighttime Batman and it's all black and then they'll do snow Batman and it's all white and then they do hang glider Batman and he's got yellow stripes mm-hmm. you know all that weird kind of stuff so Nick Fury they've they've gone that direction and so instead of just Nick Fury in his regular shield mm-hmm. suit now we get this orange a uh, future spacesuit Nick Fury with the red eye patch yes to denote that he's the different uh, version of Nick Fury there, so uh, you know, they're adding like all this fun, technically pointless but super fun stuff that they're they're weaving into this book and throwing in the background. And the story is one of those where, uh, like, it ends on a cheat, but it ends on the same type of cheat that again you get from like the James Bond movies and uh, um, you know some of those other things where at the last moment you find out that something wasn't what you thought it was. And it was actually a double cross and a swerve and a dun, dun, dun Mm. uh, type situation. Uh, But it's done tongue in cheek and with a lot of fun and with some fantastic artwork. And it's just like, I I just love this book. Like there's so many things to like about this book that I just find myself, especially when I'm done reading it, like I'll read through it. And I find myself stopping to look at the artwork and having to tell Mm. myself, no, continue reading with the story. You can go back at the end and take a better look at the artwork, but you know, try to focus because it is something. The artwork is so good. The story is so much fun. I I just have a blast reading this. Nice. I agree. Recommendation. Yeah. I I agree with, with everything Dirk just said about it. And I felt like there was a slightly anime 
quality to well, yeah, and definitely because you're dealing with the yakuza on the mm-hmm. moon and their secret. Well, moon base. not even just that, but just like what you were saying with like Fury in a suit and you know the 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 very future tech and everything. It's just there was a especially when we first see like the the cloud of nanites or whatever and didn't know it at the time. Like all of that just seems like there was a a very anime quality to all of that, even down to Fury's eye patch, which reminds me of a, a specific um anime. Like it just this is a good book. Uh, James Robson, you know. Who does this kind of stuff pretty well? Like, and I think we said the last time we talked about Nick Fury that you know he's done some some James Bond books before, and um, you know, and his other books that we've recommended, with especially with like uh, Invaders, even though that one kind of took a lapse after a while, and and, and I enjoyed uh, Scarlet Wish also. So he's you know, he's good at what he does with this kind of stuff. All righty. Um, what else do we got to the next? Uh, I have. Oh, I still got a couple myself, actually. So, Justice League Power Rangers number four. Uh, the Rangers and the Justice League find find a way to get back to the Power Rangers homeworld using the LHC. Uh, when they get there, they decided, hey, they need to find out where... Uh, well, one, they were thinking to interrupt Brainiac taking up um, Angel Grove, but they decided not to because if they did that, then bad things would happen. So then they decide to... Uh, invade Brainiac's ship to try to uh, find an intergrove and to get all the back in to get the powers back. So they concoct this plan, and the plan goes all right up until they hit a snag near the end. Um, the the Rangers, being powerless at the beginning of the issue, um, end up getting weapons that seem similar, thanks to Batman uh, stocking up the javelin with a bunch of weapons. Uh, that looks similar to the weapons they would normally carry, funnily enough, that they carry into battle. And also, for some odd reason, has, and um, this is another thing I'll probably end up, um, I know I will definitely put on CBCAP's Instagram, but they are dressed up in the costumes of various, um, I guess, friends and enemies of the League. Like, uh, Tommy has Lex Luthor's battle armor on for some reason. Uh, uh, Trini has on Katana's garb. Leftovers, uh, yeah, I guess so. They're not trophies. Matter of fact, I think they did say, yeah, Batman did say, it was like, well, I took the stuff from the tr- from our trophy room before we left, so this might help you. But anyway, so so they go into to go into the battle with that, so they're not completely powerless. Um, then they 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 get their power coins and stuff back while Batman while Superman is a distraction. But then, like I said, they have the snag and um run into some issues. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, mask number six. Um, so after last week, after last issue's victory, um, Matt's like, okay, something else is going on, and uh, we need to start thinking bigger. So we need more people on the team. So he goes to see Dr. Mindbender, who's uh, apparently in this heavily guarded area. Oh, the stupid and- IDW Hasbro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going in there talking to, to Dr. Mindbender, who's pretty much knows about what's kind of going on. And while he doesn't say so right off the bat, but well, he does say so right off the kind of right off the bat, but he kind of leaves it into it that he knows why Matt's there. So he opens up some files to let Matt look at some uh, stuff about some old teammates, AKA the people who went to um, end up joining Venom and their backgrounds. So, and that opens up a lot of memories of like the first issue and, you know, memories around there trying to get a better understanding of who he needs to, you know, how he needs to get better about picking teams and this and that other and getting kind of getting to know the team makers and trying to trying to pick them out. But pretty much the rest of the story ends up being pretty much uh profiles of the Venom team. 
and it sounds like the next issue is going to be uh, going into the the origin of Venom. So I don't know if this is like some 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 filler arc or something, but this is pretty much what it is. All right. Um, and my one book left uh, and I know Dirt said he was going to read this so I won't say too much about it but Star Trek The Next Generation Mirror Broken number one so they're not both fans of Star Trek and Mirror, and the Mirror Universe in this um, I would say Mirror Picard is looking quite buff in this one you know I, I would love to see a live action version of, of, of Mirror version quick because I don't remember if they did too many in Mirror, Mirror Universe in Next Generation did they? Um, like I remember, uh, there might have been one, but I don't remember. I don't. I mean, they they definitely did parallel universes, but I'm trying to think on the and, and they've done it a ton right. of times in the comics before this. Right. But I'm trying to think in the actual episodes of the show because they've done mirror universe they, episodes in pretty much every series. Yeah, they did in Deep Space Nine, but I remember that being a big deal and i think it was such a big deal they did on deep space nine because it wasn't on next generation i want to say but one thing i want to point out real quick uh is that this was a free comic book day um book like if you've got the free comic book day of this then you you know you get like a background the sampler of what's going on and Mm -hmm. i i really wanted to read this i just didn't have time before we did the show but it's definitely in my uh my reading pile of stuff to get to Although I will say this, that the stuff that happens in the Free Comic Book Day stuff does not show up here. So it's not a, a direct... Like, they didn't just preview this issue directly. Oh, that was that was brand new material? Yeah, it seems like it. Because, like I said, none of that stuff was in here. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. In fact, like I said, it was a pretty good lead-in to it. As a matter of fact, you would probably... You probably did well to read that before you did that. There's nothing that's directly tied to it. But you start to... But you see some things from that book kind of play out in here so it was worth reading that that free comics like which that stuff if you haven't seen it or had had a chance to get to it should be on comics holiday at some point soon it usually takes a, a little bit but either way but that being said um which uh, by the way i'm, I'm looking uh, online real quick hmm. at um memory alpha and uh, oh yes okay and uh, it says it was in the original series mirror universe then deep space nine uh through the looking glass mm-hmm. um crossover Shattered Mirror, uh, Resurrection, and the Emperor's New Cloak. So it was a, a whole bunch in Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah. It was also in Enterprise in a Mirror Darkly, mm-hmm. uh, but it was not in the Next Generation on TV. Okay, that's well. Okay, that's weird. But I don't. Yeah, I don't remember seeing one because yeah, the closest thing I can remember is when um, Yesterday's Enterprise, and that wasn't that. That was basically like you said, yeah. parallel uh, parallel timeline. So that being the case, that's weird. But I would love to see a next generation mirror universe uh, story because this one, I mean, this one like doesn't do anything uh, overly crazy, or at least not yet. Not yet, especially. But it looks like it's breaking down to be uh, a familiar story, let's say, uh, in or a, a familiar type of story, let's say. But what this sets up is something I would definitely want to see all, some more of. And I think this uh, this mini is only like five issues or six. I think it's six. Six. That's a trade. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the key, the difference here is that every time before when we've seen the mirror universe, it's been because there's been some sort of crossover with people from the prime universe showing up in the mirror universe, right. and so it's like they react to everything being weird, and they, you know, they talk to the alternate version of themselves, and like, oh gosh, this is crazy. Whereas this time, this is just a story in the mirror universe. Um, but they you know, do, but in the setting up of it, they do mention the fact that 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 that, that that's how things started. 
I will right. say that. Well, cause, yeah, because I mean, of course, the original series had the the transporter malfunction that set up the whole right. thing in the first place, where they they swap places. But not having done an episode on Next Generation, we never had you know an iconic moment moment of Picard and uh, evil bearded Picard you know, facing off. So this time he was gunned up Picard at that. <laughs> yeah. He, he it, is ready for the oh, gun show, isn't he? Yeah. Like if, again, if you, if you, if you've uh, seen the CB caps, um, Instagram, I did a couple of panels and, and put that on there. Cause you see kind of bulked up Picard just, but he still kind of acts like Picard. That's the thing. Of, like he's not overly aggressive, but at the same time, he still has, there's a ruthlessness kind of to him. You can a quiet ruthlessness. You can kind of see. He reminds me of, um, of course now I can't think of the guy's name. But the actor who uh, won the Academy Award for uh, being like the the music instructor, um, he's playing. Oh, JK. Uh, com- yeah, J.K. JK Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when he he started working out and getting real buff, and you see those yes. guys, him with the, yes. the big arms. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, he was, yeah, he was working out for um, what you call it for Commissioner Gordon. Well, I believe that's the case. He's or something he, like well, that. What he said in the interview was uh, uh, there was the the TV show he was on set in the prison. And he was uh, Oz, uh, yeah, in Oz, and he was the leader of the Aryan Nation. And he said, Wait, he watched, that was after that." No, he said when he watched that on TV, he saw himself as this fat, pudgy old man who's supposed to be the leader of these badass guys in prison. And he realized how terrible he looked, and so he just decided he was going to work out and he was never going to look terrible again. So that's... Yeah, he got ripped. <laughs> so yeah, but but yeah, but you're mentioning that totally. Oh man, he could totally do. Uh, well, I guess if there was a way to get um, Patrick Stewart's likeness on him like that, then that would totally work out. They, they would they would just have Simmons like doing the evil Picard, like standing in his place, and then they'll do like the Tron Legacy thing where they take uh, yeah. Picard's face it, and just put it on face. top of that body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I will say so. In, in closing, I will definitely say if you're a fan of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation and Mirror Universes, I would say give this book a shot. Like I say, it is it's it sets up. A, what seems to be a pretty interesting story set in that universe, I think. But it's also going to be a fairly familiar one, kind of. All right. Um, and I believe that does it for us for Rapid Fire. Yeah, I think uh, I've got a couple of books, and I think Doug's got a couple of books to finish. Well, I was going to say, doesn't Tim have a click of the week, too? Well, yeah, but we, when we get to that part, we're, we're yeah. still doing... Yeah, we're still doing Rapid Fire, just to finish up. Yeah. It seems like we all read a lot of books, that's why I kicked Hurry Rapid up, Fire. Dave, hurry up. I will, I will. <laughs> Agent underscore 70 will. Uh, uh, Agent underscore 70, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> They're supposed to be rapid. They're supposed to be rapid. You got to <laughs> So, uh, very quickly, Daredevil number 20. Um, we get to the finale of this uh, Purple Man story, which is the reveal of how uh, the genie has been put back, back into the bottle. Uh, Matt Murdock's secret identity is back as a secret. Uh, if you're interested in that, take a look at this book. Also, there's a lot of great moody art by Ron Garney in this. Um, Generation X number one is a nice little uh, reboot to um, uh, kind of a cult book from the 90s. Generation X had a great uh, premise to it. Uh, when Chris Bacala was on this with Scott Lobdell for a long time in the early run, it was pretty good, but it kind of faded. Yes, that is. Thank you for highlighting the uh, the other hip-hop cover yeah. out this week. The Shri uh, Raman cover. Yeah, for, the, for uh, Generation X number one. Um, this is a nice little... Um, Reboot and uh, and a setting for the new status quo for the rechristened Xavier School. It's no longer the Jean Grey School. It is uh, back to being the Xavier School. Um, yeah, but actually, I wish they said that in, in gold, though. So right, and it's actually got another twist to uh, you know what their mission is. Um, 
See, I think that covers. My... I'm surprised Tim didn't have it in his list, but I guess he didn't get a chance to get to it. Yeah, listen, he had a lot of books on his list. He probably just, you know, this was probably. This was but probably... I know he was also one of the ones that was kind of waiting for this book to, to come about. So right, I'll be curious to hear what he has to say. Hopefully he has a chance tonight to join us, or if not, he'll uh, let us know next week what he thinks of the book. Yep. Uh, and that covers mine. Okay, then uh, clear you got one left. If you got anything else. I do. We'll okay. Oh, wait, yes. Uh, uh, Superman. <laughs> I forgot Good about job. that. Yes. Good job. <laughs> nice. Good job. Um, okay, so we've, we've learned that there's some sort of uh, – uh, horrible, evil something uh, hiding in Hamilton County that's been uh, taking over the people. And uh, in, in trying to investigate this, um, Jonathan has disappeared and he's been uh, uh, abducted by somebody. Damien's disappeared. Bruce Wayne has disappeared. Superman goes out to try to find him. He disappears. So Lois Lane uh, is trying to track them down. She was the focus of the last issue. In this issue, um, we see the focus shift back to Jonathan where he's been abducted. He's being held and you're watching um, as, as everybody's fighting, trying to get free from whatever this Black Dawn terror is that's taking over. Uh, and there's this tantalizing clue that uh, the, the people in the town, they're, they say that they're taking over in an attempt to save everybody and get them ready for the, the, the evil that's actually to come. So whatever secret uh, machinations have been going on, uh, they claim it's whatever this alien force, this alien entity is, it's to stop uh, some greater threat uh, that's on the horizon. And the issue ends with the return of a character uh, from uh, an older storyline um, I forget what the original storyline was called, but they turned it into an animated movie. If you saw uh, Superman versus the Elite, the animated movie, it's a character from that storyline uh, makes a return at the end of this issue. So okay. um, he was a, I'd say he was a fan favorite character. He definitely uh, was one of those characters that that people were drawn to. People people who were drawn to him were drawn to him very strongly. It's kind of a, a Hellblazer. I guess you could draw a comparison where it's not a top selling book, but the people who buy the book are people who are dedicated to that character. Um, this is a similar uh, character from uh, an old action comic storyline returning here. So um, definitely uh, rebirth. Uh, you know, one of the things that they've done is pull up these old threads and old storylines and characters and they're, they're retreading them here in the DC universe uh, as winks and nods and shout outs to, to fans of those old storylines. And this one is indeed yet another one of that. So uh, mm. definitely people who've been reading Superman for a long time, you're going to recognize uh, what's going on at the end of the book. Now, whether or not this guy, however, is the threat, uh, the previous threat mentioned, or if he's part of the whole um, resistance, you know, building, we don't know that we don't know, uh, you know which side he's on in this whole ordeal, but uh, definitely there's been a lot more going on than, than we've been told. All right. So clicks of the week time. Click, 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 click. You know, mine, actually, I, I was going to say a different book when I started, but then now that I think about it, I, I'm going to have to go. Uh, I, I, like, I really kind of wanted to pick Nick Fury. It was, mm. it was really close, but I am going to have to go with Batman. Okay. Uh, Batman 23, as we talked about it, there is a lot more going on there, I think, than sure. just appears on the surface. But Nick Fury is a whole lot of fun, and I highly recommend that one as well. That's awesome. I was kind of hoping you were going to pick Nick Fury because I would have almost gone along. Yeah, with it's, you on it's that so one. close. Like it's so close. I want to, but you know, yeah. it's just it's eight and a half one and eight and three quarters of the other. <laughs> uh, eight to seventy. Honestly, 
a close, close second is Royals number three, but I think I'm going to pick, um, you know, because I went into it unspoiled and I, and I, and I just liked the way the second issue was executed. Uh, it was actually the third issue, Counting the Zero, which is Secret Empire number two. Hmm. That's why I clicked it a week this week. All right. So we have... Right. <laughs> well, Tim, did we do Tim's? Uh, yes, go ahead and do... No, we haven't done Tim's, so go ahead and do that one real quick. All right. So uh, at TimDog98, click of the week for this week is Super Sons number four, where Robin and Superboy, with help from Lex Luthor, uh, take on Kid Amazo. It's a great, fun issue, with, and uh, uh, Tim loved the witty dialogue between the two young heroes. And uh, that leaves me. And uh, like Dirt, I'm kind of torn because that Nick Fury was really good. Um and also, at the same time, uh, the, the other standout would probably be uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Mirror Broken. Hmm. You know what? I am actually going to go with Nick Fury. I- I'm going to do it. Nice. Because um, I enjoyed that um, a good bit. Yeah, I can totally but, respect that. Yeah, and, and like I said, it, it, just like I said earlier, if you are a fan of uh, Next Generation and, and or the Mirror Universe they're in, I would say go check that that Star Trek book. It's really good, or it is it is good for what you is what it, is what you would want it to be. Put it that way in that universe. Cool. All right. So um, we've got our clicks of the weekend. Let's transition to an ad before we get to the news. Exactly. Let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner. And then shop for high-quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we lead into the news. So a little behind the scenes here. I was not only stalling because of um, trying to get my click of the week, but I was also trying to set up news. So... (laughs) And I also wanted to point this out real quick because I probably won't do it later, but dare to understand. <laughs> what do you mean I'll understand? <laughs> this I love that. This two show paps. Nice. Uh, All right. First up, and I guess we'll, we'll, we shall talk to this as we do. Are you still trying to figure out what's so good about the fidget spinners? Is that what it is? You know, it, it's grown on me. As, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as we're sitting here the last couple of days. Uh, <laughs> The kids, of course, have been playing with them nonstop, and I'm like, I don't get it. But then I find myself sitting here, you know, and for the last yeah. half hour, I've been sitting here, you know, spinning this thing around. So it's like, uh, okay, well. But, you know, even as kids, like, it's, it's always the simplest thing that always gets us. Sure. You know? So, and what could be more simple than that? So, news. Luke Cage actor confirms Shade's return for season two. So, we, we now know Leo, Leo Rossi will return as Shades in Luke Cage season two. All right. Uh, more Luke Cage news. Mike Coulter expects a season two to hit by early 2018, which is not that far away anymore. Oop. Not even. Uh, let's see. 
Next up, Adam Warlock will not be in uh, Infinity War. Um, I guess... I dare say this would probably be a slight spoiler for uh, Guardians, so I apologize about that. But I think this this is news we all kind of know about. Sure. Um, but yeah, we, we saw some, some remnants of that in uh, Guardians. And uh, since he's not going to be in Infinity War, I'm assuming he's going to be in that next one. Right, the, 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 the continuation of the part two. Well, yeah, the, the, the former part two of uh, right. Infinity War. Right. So we'll see where that goes. Okay, so um, ABC, uh, as part of the uh, uh, announce, announcements of the fall slate of television shows this week, announced that Inhumans has been rescheduled to Friday evenings, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been pushed back to 2018, and I guess what's going to happen is that uh, once the, uh, the limited Inhumans uh, episode run ends, that's when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to take over that time slot. That is correct, and I guess since I don't think I put it in here, I would just go ahead and tap it in and say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got a season five. Right. That news is also out. Um, next up, sad news. Powers Booth, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Marvel's Avengers, and Sin City, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Actor dies at 68. Yeah. The the weird thing, well, I want to say funny, but death is not funny, but the, the, the weird thing about this is seeing the different takes on his passing because there are some people that are some sites that are like, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starred, you know, Powers Booth or Sin City Powers Booth or, you know, actor known for playing Dr. You know, like it's just amazing what what um, what movies they choose. People choose to, you know, associate with him. Yeah, he did so many amazing things. That right. exactly. One of those, he was one of those actors who were like, oh, I've seen that guy before. In exactly. X number of uh, of uh, movies or television shows. Yeah. So um, rest in peace. Rest in- yeah. Uh, let's see. Next. So Carl Urban could return for Judge Dredd TV series. Okay, good for him. I mean, he's kind of busy, but, you know, hey, good for him. I'd watch that series. I I think I probably would, too. I'm not sure. And going by what um, his, that last TV thing he did, well, I say last, last one I saw, Almost Human, and not having seen Dredd, which I heard he was all right, and, you know, I, I would probably watch it. Oh, th- you have not seen Dredd? I have not seen Dredd, no. Oh, you do yourself a right. Yeah. I, I definitely will, though, because like I heard he was all right in it. If you can watch it in 3D, even better. Uh, no, unfortunately, I can't do that. Um, yeah, my, my eyes won't let me. Anywho, uh, Power Rangers actor Ludi Lin joins the cast of Aquaman. Uh, I'm not sure if it doesn't say as what. Oh, yes, it does. Uh, he is confirmed to be playing the role of Merc, who apparently okay. is the leader of the frontline army of Atlantis, known as the Men of War. All does right. he have a mouth? I don't know. I have no idea about that character. I have Merc with a mouth. Very, you know what? <laughs> there we go. Anyway, you got next? Yeah, so Image Comics' Wayward is has been optioned for television. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Does it say yeah, what network? Uh, I don't think it does. No. Doesn't look like it. Yeah. Which, you know, we rarely ever get that now. But I I was gonna do a quick rant on that, but I'm not because yeah, we've all heard it. Uh it's official Krypton coming to sci fi in Orsifi, if you so choose, in twenty eighteen. So yeah. Has it really been languishing in various stages of pre production since twenty fourteen? 
I mean, yeah, and and uh, we've been talking about that TNT. for that long. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, yeah, remember, but, it was supposed yeah. to be on T- TNT first, and then it it um you know they slowed down for talking about it, and then it popped back up on Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi. Yeah, but various stages. I mean, that's a very mm-hmm. open yeah term. You know, right? It just seems like we've been talking about it for a long time. I didn't realize it been since 2014. Kind of has, yeah. Like I said, they stopped talking about it for a minute, and then all of a sudden they brought it back up. But gotcha. hey, Dirt. Hey, what? Hellboy, Rise of the Blood Queen, promo art, spotted at cons of all places. Ooh. So at the Con Film, at the con film Festival, which is mm-hmm. uh, all right now. So yeah, hot off the press of uh, Hellboy getting the R rating. As we found out last week, we found out that um, the, the name of the movie is called Rise of the Blood Queen. And as you can see, here is the, um, the poster that was at... Uh, Oh, I'm going to have to buy that poster. Magnolia Magnolia Art, which fans of the show know that Dirt is a big fan of. That is pretty. (laughs) It is a good-looking poster. I would definitely say that. Yeah, there you go. That is cool. Next. All righty. So Fox, I guess, tested New Yorkers for the Mutant Gene as part of of promotion for the Gifted television show. If that's not a throwback. Uh, Did you see any of these fans sitting around? I did I did not. I also missed the live pop-up show that Lincoln Park did in Grand Central Station of all places. I mean, you're probably thankful for that one. But... Well, I don't know about that because it's just something cool that happens in New York, you know? It's just well, like... Yeah, but it's also Lincoln Park. Uh, <laughs> to each their own. Yeah, to be fair, Lincoln Park has had some, some decent stuff, so I'm like... just. But I, I happened to Ten see... years that. ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of the stuff that we like is, you know, you can see the same thing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, hey, that album with Jay-Z was pretty cool. Um, next up... First Star Trek Discovery photo reveals some old school tech. I am actually generally more excited about this now because one, I love me some Michelle Yeoh, and you know, seeing her in pretty much anything is is, is great. So, getting this shot of her and um, Tanika Martin Green, which reminds me of was it Enterprise? Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not. Well, no, I'm saying because they did something in the desert, and I know like uh, Deep Space Nine had some like desert. You know, kind I'm of just not sold on the show. It's yeah. like. Part of the reason why I like Deep Space Nine so much is that it wasn't people on a ship exploring new worlds. Right. So there was a completely different feel to it. And then they did Voyager, which was people on a ship in deep space meeting new aliens. And then they did they Enterprise, which was, we're going to go back in time and put people on a ship and have them go into deep space. And but they were in That wasn't as enticing. I mean, they also had a female captain, so that was another twist. Um, on yeah, that. but that's not enough of a twist. I mean... It's it's like you're doing the same show, just you're mixing up the the, the crew. You're just right. changing the cast, but it's the same story, you know. Right, but at the time, that was pretty, uh, you know, that was pretty uh, important. Okay. Now, now that we've already had a Janeway, it's interesting to see what direction they're going to try to take Discovery in. Yeah, and we've seen we, a couple of, yeah, and this one's kind of more fo- focused on Cynical uh, Martin Green's character as the first officer. So, right. So, and I think uh, there's something about. Well, anyway, yeah, they were talking about how the episodes are going to be. Um, but, I was just going to say, about Star Trek Discovery, it's expanded to 15 episodes and will feature a companion after show. Is this going to be a, a talking, talking Star Trek Discovery? Talking Star Trek, yeah, yeah, right. Discovering Discovery. Discovering Star Trek. There you go. Oh, gosh. And it'll probably be... Um, Hosted um, by the same dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Chris, what's his face? The Chris Hardwick. Chris, Chris Hardwick, thank you. Right, yeah. Although I didn't say that here, so we don't know. And I think I would imagine he has probably a contract with, um, <laughs> AMC. with uh, AMC. Yeah. But not still not above him. Anyway, or it's probably somebody in the Nerdist Network. Uh, regardless, that's the thing, because, you know, talking after shows are hot right now. Um, 
Black Lightning, not a part of the Arrowverse. Mid-season premiere confirmed. Why is it not a part of the Arrowverse? So what wow. is this a part of? It's his own separate thing. Oh. I don't, I don't, it's on I don't CW. Know. I know. Like, it's there. Like, you just go ahead and hook the boat just in. Them together. Yes. Yeah. What if what if he's on Supergirl's world? Which is still a part of the Arrowverse at this point. But it's, but not, but it's not the same planet. It's a different, it's a parallel it's universe. It's connected. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he can still be connected and be on, on the parallel universe. It's not, right. it's not like it's not like he's going to show up on Arrow like every week or whatever, but yeah. well, we'll I mean, do the crossover. You know it'll happen. I guess. And finally, in uh, cinematic, Supernatural is crossing over with Scooby-Doo next season. <laughs> Because after 13 seasons, they run out of shit to do. No, stop. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're actually they're trying to do what the annuals have been doing at, at DC, those specials. Where oh, like, man. We didn't talk yeah, about that. The June ones, I, I, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, the, uh, the, have you seen the... the, 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 the um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know Let's talk about that right now. <laughs> so, so, I mean, this is not in the news or anything, so, but um, we've already had a set of annuals with uh, DC characters and, and Hanna-Barbera characters crossing over. And in fact, I did get a screenshot of that, but I don't think I have time to put it up because we need to go, uh, keep it moving. But I am kind of excited for the Batman Elmer Fudd one. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, let's see. There's Jonah Hex and uh, Here, I'll pull it up. Yosemite pull it up. Sam. Yes. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that one. Um, yeah. Let's see. Actually, is it, is it in there? There was the Bugs Bunny League of, um, League of Superheroes one. Legion of Superheroes? Legion of Superheroes one, yeah. Yeah, here it is. Um, uh, Wonder Woman, Tasmanian Devil, uh, Lobo, oh, yeah. and Runner, uh, and Martian Manhunter, and Marvin the Martian. Which I mean, that's just synergy right there. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, duh, like you know. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Jonah Hex Yosemite Sam. I think that one's. Um, and it's funny because that one is actually done by Jimmy Palmiotti and Mark Texiera, who worked together doing Jonah Hex stuff. So mm. that is a going to be a legit Jonah Hex comic with Yosemite Sam in it. Which I mean, it, <laughs> uh, here is the. Uh, that's money. That's money. That's money out of my pocket. Is God, exactly really. what that is. I will. I will be buying those. Yeah. So that'll be fun. But anyway, um, like I said, that's coming in June. Much, that's much more exciting that. than uh, Suicide Squad Banana Splits. You know, I never did get around to reading that one. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, that one was pretty cool. So now we're getting to. Um, comic book news and let me pull this back up again comic books yay yes so we have tom king and mr rod's attempt to escape the assortment of 2017 and hit a new mr miracle book so we saw this on twitter being announced by what if it was tom king somebody what one of them did it um a few days ago um but now we i guess we're getting a little more insight on what that comic book is because this is a an interview with uh, tom king about that now, we are all fans of Division, book that, uh, that Tom King did. And wait, was that Mr. Rise also, or was that somebody else? No. Um, no they worked together was... on Sheriff of Babylon, and they did the Batman right. issue this week. Right. right. So we're thinking, we're, we're expecting some similar, like, Mr. Miracle is not exactly a, a household name, one. And I can't say he's a compelling character, but that's just personal. I've always, I, actually, if you go back to um, Justice League, the old Justice League series that just ended before uh, Rebirth, uh, go back to issue, I want to say it's like 46 through 50. Um, they did that whole story arc that was on Apocalypse. 
Um, and Mr. Miracle was a big part of that. And that actually reading that story made me want to go back and read the old Mr. Miracle series. So, um, hmm. yeah, so actually, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this a lot. Oh, that's right. He also did, uh, Tom King also did a Mega Man, which I remember reading a little bit of that. That was all right. Uh, next up, you want this one or you want to get it? All right. I'll scroll down to it. Um, Tanisha Coates, Black Panther and the crew comic has been canceled. Boo! Didn't get a chance to live, and that sucks. Boo! Oh, yeah, I just cut it off. There it is. I send them exactly. I will not re. I will not go back on my various other rants and other places about this. Just to say that it is a sad thing, indeed. Yep. Um, DC Comics's Jeff Johns reveals teaser details on Watchmen slash Rebirth title Doomsday Clock. This was another thing that, that yeah, we were referring about. to this earlier. Exactly. Are we excited about this? Yay? Nay? Oh, I am it definitely. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've, I've I'm loved the wait and see type thing. I've loved the Rebirth stuff. I've loved the Flashpoint stuff. You know, um, I, I love all the the Crisis on Infinite Earths, all that type of stuff. Uh, hmm. You know, uh, anytime you get those parallel universes blending together in some sort of uh, crises. Uh, those are the types of stories I always like. I mean, that's, that's what the, the big story that, that drew me into comics was one of the, the crisis stories in justice league and all-star squadron when they did a crossover in the early eighties. So, I mean, that's, that's really what that drew me to comics. So I love when they do this type of stuff. And Jeff Jones is one of those guys to do it. Um, he was, you know, the key force behind revamping green lantern. Um, and, and growing it from more from just being a guy with a ring to the whole emotional spectrum and, you know, redoing the history and building all that stuff. And he, he did the, uh, the rebirth special. He was the driving force behind that. Uh, he's done a lot of the big crossovers uh, for DC. So he's definitely the guy to handle uh, that type of uh, book. And also they've pushed it out kind of far. I don't think it's coming until August. I think they said, um, but Gary Frank is going to be doing all the artwork. Uh, and he's a you know obviously phenomenal artist. I, I love watching his stuff. So they've given him plenty of time to uh, you know start ahead sure. uh, and work on the book. And uh, um, so yeah, this is this is a project that's going to be one of the key things on my radar as we as we get into the fall. November. Oh, November. Yeah, it's a long ways away. Oh, it's right there on the picture, November. Yeah. So. No, I just yeah, just saw that. So yeah, something to look forward to. All right. All right. So we have some Lego news coming. Uh, Lego yes, video game news. Yeah, Lego Marvel Superheroes Two is set for November release. I guess this is the time for November news. Yeah. All right. Um, also, and I'll double up on these two because they're pretty much the same or similar things. But Marvel Heroes Omega coming to PS4 is soon. Trophies revealed. Now, for those that know, uh, Marvel Heroes Omega it is the console version of Marvel Heroes, which has been on the PC for quite some time now uh it has been in closed beta on the ps4 for probably good three two three weeks now uh this is basically saying that it's going to go live uh, launch live well excuse me it's going to an open beta on the 23rd um yes on the playstation 4 it is also uh, and on the 19th they're gonna do a head start for people like i already been playing the the, the closed beta and it's it plays like marvel Hero just on the console but if you are not on the PS4 and you're on the Xbox side, Xbox side of things, it is coming to the Xbox One on June 20th. And I do not believe 
or at least I haven't seen anything where they're saying they're doing an, an, a beta of any sort and they're just straight up launching it, which would probably make sense considering consoles are so similar outside of like back end structure that one they could probably get away with it. And I believe this is a small team kind of working on it. So, um, is this an MMO? It is an MMO. That is correct. It is in the style of Diablo, if you have ever played that. Oh, weird. Yeah. I know. It actually works pretty well. Uh, like I said, the game's been around since 2012, and I have been playing it Although since... Although, I guess... What was the uh, the old PC game that looked like Jack Kirby artwork? Um, yeah. Because that was in a similar style. So, I will say this. There was the old uh, Marvel, um, Marvel um, Ultimate Alliance games that is kind of... This, this game is the spiritual successor of... Successor of. If you've ever played that, yeah, I want to say the game was called Freedom Force. Yes, okay, yeah, it was yeah. a turn-based. Um, yeah, it was a turn-based game. Now I remember what you're talking about, and that game's still around because they got it on GOG. Um, but yes, that is that is a, a similar type of game. Except, well, it's not a similar because you know, that's turn-based, and this is more of an action, like a, uh, a direct code, direct control kind of Diablo style mm-hmm. game. It's pretty good if you ever get a, if you ever get a chance to try it, which you will soon if you own either one of the consoles or if you're on PS4 right now. All right, so I, I've got the next... Uh, oh, wait, before, before you get to that one, let me, I want to put out... Uh, Injustice 2 just came out for consoles, and that game is pretty good. So Injustice 2 is the follow-up to Injustice God Among Us uh, video games, fighting game from um, the, the guys what made uh, Mortal Kombat, who make Mortal Kombat. NetherRealm. Uh, yes, that is correct. So sometime and, uh, soon, Agent Underscore 70 is going to be getting a PS4. Sometime soon. Yes. <laughs> And Justice would be a good game for that because the game's free. Even the story, like I think I said this the other day, which is not that hard to do, but this is probably what Batman Superman should have been. But you can say that about the first game. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I have the first game. I played the first game on the PS3. That's good. So So check that out. And the mobile version is also out. So if you're into that. And they hook together because you get stuff going from one way to the other. Okay, now let's get to this next one. All right, so... Superman and Wonder Woman's DCU romance is no longer in continuity. So are you telling me that my issue of that of Justice League signed by Jim Lee with them on the cover smooching is worth nothing now, or is it worth a lot more? So if you're keeping something. track, if you're keeping track, this is the very much the definition of a retcon. Yeah, for real. Well, this is because uh, Superman currently in the DC universe is not the same one who had this relationship. Right. That Superman died and was replaced. Um, by Mixel Plick, Mixel Pixel, Mixed Up Pixelic. That's right. That whole thing, it, it revealed uh, the the split of the uh, Superman. So uh, when Superman came back and, and was restored to the timeline, um, then the the history of the Superman who had been in new all f- of uh, the New 52, uh, anything that didn't fit with Superman marrying Lois and having Jonathan, all of that stuff was wiped out. Right. Which, yeah, okay, sure, I guess. All right. Moving right along, Marvel's Secret Empire has revealed its big secret. Right, this is what we would not spoil we, earlier. Yeah, we kind of talk about this, we can kind of move it along. All right, so DC Comics announces Jack Kirby Centennial one-shots. Uh, so that's cool. In yeah. August is the uh, 100th birthday of uh, Jack King Kirby and DC is going to honor his legacy with a series of one shots inspired by his most famous heroes, villains, and super teams. Very cool. And if you're watching the video, I, I am pulling them up as we speak or scrolling through them. That is cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool Omega effect. Uh, I know, I like that. 
All right, next up. The first Green Lantern revealed, and it's not who you think it is. For some strange reason, I did not read this. But, yeah, apparently that's something in Green Lantern Corps, and sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, is anybody here reading Green Lantern? Any other Green Lantern? Well, probably two. I'm reading the, uh, the Hal Jordan and the okay. Green Lantern Corps, but I don't read Green Lanterns. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention, is that I think amongst the uh, the panel... Uh, I think it's the the core book, not the not the book that follows Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Is the you know I don't think anyone on the panel is following that particular book. Gotcha. Okay. All righty. So I guess that wraps up the news, right? No, 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 no. Oh, actually, that's right. Uh, you don't you don't see that one. So there is something else I wanted to bring up from the variant corner, and that is Lion Forge reveals interconnecting variants for Superb Number One and Incidentals Number One, which both are. Upcoming books for those uh, for their Catalyst Prime universe. Okay, I see it. Yeah, which I didn't know about I incidentals. Variant corner on the sheet. That's why I was like, where you know we we still have more. Sometimes, sometimes I, I will put actual variant corner variant news in there. Okay. That or, and sometimes I just throw it into the, the comic section, so it varies. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, th- these are they and uh, incidentals. I did not know too much about, but we talked about Superb last week, I believe. Um, but yeah, like I said, all that's coming out, and they're they're blowing it out. So that almost into news. But here's something I just saw, though. I wanted to bring this up, and this is not necessarily comic news per se, but it's the toy uh, corner. Yeah, visit the Combo Chronicles toy corner. We got it pretty much. And uh, Nika Neka shines LED light on the first image of new Jungle Demon Predator. Uh, uh, figure, right? So for those uh, of you who are uh, able to watch the uh, the YouTube show or the live stream, uh, ClickNation uh, forward slash live, um, ClickNation.com forward slash live, you can see what we're looking at here on our screens, which is uh, some really awesome uh, imagery of this new action. What if Swamp Thing was a predator? Um, are we done then with that? Because I got something. <laughs> What's up? Yes, we are done. Guess what time it is? Ah, alrighty. Is it box time? Is it it's box, box time? time? Oh, it's box, box time. time. Nice. So I, I cut it, you know, to get it open nice and easy here. Um, I'm I'm gonna go through this real quick though. We're not gonna you know spend hours going through each and every book here. But again, my comic of the month club. Uh, package has arrived. And again, this is the blind box subscriber service that allows you to customize the books you get by clicking, going through and setting up a menu when you sign up and saying, I want these books, not those books. Um, They also have two boxes. They have a a current box or a collector's box, and I've opted to stick with the collector's box. And so the collector's box, um, the um, comic of the month is Justice League of America 49 from 1966. Holy cow. And so Holy this is the book cow. that I got in my box here, which wow. is, uh, needless to say, a fantastic little thing to find in the mail. <laughs> yeah, seriously. When you open up your mail, that is really super awesome. Now, of course, it's not in the greatest shape. I was going to ask that. It's, it's uh, I don't know, probably fine or very fine. Standard. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got it's got wear on it. Uh, but right. still. Copy, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, still, uh, awesome thing to throw in there. And then, of course, uh, they they try to give you runs if they can or as close if they can, and they, they give you books that you ask for. So um, I've got Adventures of Superman 436 and 437 here, um, okay. which actually I remember buying off the newsstand way back in 88. 
Nice. Um, and then two more books that I remember buying off the stand, Justice League Europe 2 and 3 here. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then Punisher War Journal. We got three copies here, 23, 25, and 26. That was my brother's book. Oh, that's um, right after Jim Lee left the book, right? Yeah, Andy Kubert uh, yeah. was doing that one. Um, and then I don't, I don't know if they're messing with me uh, or if uh, – if this is uh, to play off the Punisher thing, but I, I think this might be a joke at my expense. They sent me Operation Night Strike with a Rob Liefeld cover on it. They've commented before that they've seen my videos opening their boxes, so I'm pretty sure that that's nice. Shout out! <laughs> that Look, might be a gig directly. Nice the troll there, comic of the month. <laughs> Beautiful. That was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, like I said, I love this service. I love getting the box of stuff. They they have their own, you know, custom printed boxes now that it comes in to keep everything safe. Everything comes in bubble wrap. Um, it's all back and boarded, um, so your your stuff is not going to get messed up in the mail. And it's books that you pick out. Like you go, like you you say, I want because I personally go in and say I want Superman. I want you know older stuff. I want Punisher books. I want you know West Coast Avengers. I've said before, and you've seen me get sure. a bunch of those in the past. Yeah. So. Um, you know, so they go through and they do a, a good job. They actually have people, you know, pulling up the database and actually going through and picking out the books to, to fill these boxes. So it's a personalized uh, concierge service, uh, if you will, of, of comics coming in the mail. So I love it. And again, I throw out the referral code. Um, and, and again, if you go to comic of the month dot club. Uh, and use the referral code DIRT, I'm not, you're not going to make my car payment. I'm not getting, you know, big bucks for this. They're not uh, paying me huge money. I just love the service, and I definitely think it's worth checking out, and, and people should try it. So, so Right, which we do from time to time, so that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, so, again, I love it. It's always a box of happiness when it comes, and I'm... Nice. Uh, although, I don't know about this Operation Night Strike. I've got to see now, did Liefeld do the inside, or is he just the cover? Is this, that's uh, awesome. Uh, oh, he's just the cover. It, but it is from Extreme Studios. It was uh, written by Brian Witten and penciled by Richard Horry. Inks okay. by Jamie Mendoza. But yeah, it definitely has that that Liefeld uh, style. Liefeld to it. Yikes! Yeah. Yikes! Crosshatching and uh, oh, there you go. The grimaces. These oh, and, grimaces. an awful anatomy. I got you. Oh man! And with that that uh, the only thing I have to show and. What I just got because I, I do have a box coming, but it hasn't shown up yet. And Dirt already knows what I'm about to show because I showed him earlier. But um, I may have gone down the road, folks. Oh no! Uh, those watching the video are seeing my PlayStation Optimus Prime that I just got. Oh no! And uh, I am looking for the Megatron that turns into a, a Genesis. Uh, I know I can get it, but I didn't want to pay that price for it. But nevertheless. And Transformers are a hell of a drug. Yes, uh, yes, they are. Like I said, there's been people coming into my shop, and just like I t- said last week, like Chad Brown, too, who writes uh, Young Blood, as, as a matter of fact, and um, a couple other things. He's also a Transformers collector, and I heard him over, heard him over talking to somebody about some stuff. And then, of course, we have Dirt, who has his collection behind him, and and I kept trying to resist. I kept trying to resist, which I still can, but because things are expensive. But the, the only one I really want, like I said earlier, was like Soundwave and. Uh, a couple of others, probably a couple of headmasters that I saw it over but um, at least that's where it starts. So, oh yeah, it always and, starts out with like, oh, I'll buy one or two. I just really, yeah, want I was this like, oh yeah, these are, these are exactly these are the famous ones I want. And it's like, or and Blaster, I think this is the one I want. I don't know why I'm pointing like I already have it, but I don't. But there's a Blaster I also want. Mm. Yeah, 
just very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, I think Roddy and I discussed this on a show. Um, the, you know, these masterpiece transformers are so expensive. I can get right. so many Marvel Legends figures for the cost of like the two masterpieces that I want, which are like the classic Megatron and Optimus Prime. So, mm-hmm. and I see them both on a, a, a some some. Uh, uh, toy store websites that we frequent for high-end collectibles. Yeah, I saw that one also. In, and uh, um, I see the price, and I'm like, oh, man, that's Yeah, tough. like I was, like I was telling the dirt earlier, I was like, yeah, they got that sound wave with, with and or without the tape for yeah, probably exactly. the same price. And he was explaining to me the, the, the differences with the, with the ones. I'm like, man, which oh. obviously you're going to get them with the tapes because come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is some pricey stuff. Anyway. Yeah. There's also oh, and speaking of toy stuff, there's that uh, we showed you uh, Miss Marvel that just went on pre-order, uh, okay. eighty seventy. All right. Yeah, and I think it's coming out in September or something. I was about to pull up a picture of it, but I don't have it. On All right, fine. Now. Everyone, open up something. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be upstaged. Damn you! <laughs> so check it out. So I actually bought something that's old because um, you know I bought it as part of um, a sale for a new comic book there a few weeks back. I actually order. I have um, an order on um, the X Men Marvel Legends, the, the 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 latest run, which is which includes Disco Dazzler. So huh. the build a figure is Warlock, and I'm waiting on that. hasn't come in yet. But in the meantime, what I did pick up, and it's an older uh, mini bust. It's uh, from uh, Bowen when Bowen was still doing Marvel stuff. It's a Captain America mini bust, and nice. uh, I haven't taken it out yet. But you know, I mean, it was on display outside of the box, and they just put it in the box for me. But um, it's a know. cold cast resin. Yes, I think I saw that one in my shop, and I meant to take a picture of it for you. But uh, I mean, this is circa. You know, I don't know what year this is, but this is definitely not recent. This is definitely, uh, uh, you know, I say late nineties. Yeah, definitely late nineties. So this is on the older side. So I'm gonna add this to my mini bus collection. It's pretty cool. All right, I showed nice. you guys something. Yeah, I got something. <laughs> and with that, I believe we can. Close we have an ad. This. We have an ad. We have an ad. Oh yeah. Well, I was gonna get to that. I was oh, okay. gonna get to that. We we close this out, uh, but we are first going to get to an ad. So if you would please. Alrighty. So today's podcast is sponsored by My Comic Shop. Go to CSPN.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues, vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store when you can order your books online? My Comic Shop. Through CSPN.us, do it today. And now we can finally close this thing out, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to thank everyone for coming out and joining us, if not live on theclicknation.com/live, but in audio form on CSPN.us or wherever other podcasting um, parental places that you chose to do. As always, you can find. Us at CB Cron, that is the Twitter page for the Twitter account for Combo Chronicles. You can find us individually at uh, myself at Roddy Cat on Twitter, also at News Nurse Need on Twitter, and also uh, CB Caps on Instagram and Tumblr. Both of those sites are where I tweet out panels or post panel pictures of things that I like and enjoy. You can also find uh, Agent 70 at Agent 70 on Twitter and Agent underscore 70. I always do that. On Twitter and Instagram, we will get him a site or something soon. We're still working on him on that one. You can also find PCN underscore Dirt at that very um, name, and also Pop Culture Net on Twitter, um, popculturenetwork.com. dot com. His site, go check out his stuff. Also, Roddy, 
you see this yes. tablet? This tablet is actually a sound wave. It, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Ooh, I bet you don't have this one. <laughs> no, I do not have that one. Actually, speaking of oh, that reminds me of something no. of uh, U.S. Avenger because there was a, a transforming tablet in that. But anyway, we won't go oh, into that. Gosh. That's neat. No, I didn't. I did not see that in my perusal. It's uh, it, um, was it a San Diego Comic Con? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, As an it, was exclusive? Di- it was San Diego Toy Fair. I don't remember which one it was, but it was it was one of those, and it's it's actually based off a, a real tablet. Uh, a Chinese, there's a company called Xiaomi. Yes. Um, and uh, they have a tablet. This is actually, they took a like real uh, tablet. They, they, yeah, I they mean, took a real tablet and uh, made or, it into uh, Android a, tablet, rather. But, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so they, it's, it's kind of funky when you actually transform it, you know, because it mm. did have to fit into this tiny form it factor. It's a bit flimsy. Um, well, it's got a plastic cover because on the back, you know, you have all the transformer parts, so it's got this plastic right. sleeve that fits oh, over the back. Okay, okay. So you just have the little camera camera hole poking out, but otherwise, it you know makes it look like the regular tablet. Okay. If you don't mind, divulge how much was that? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want to put that on public record. That's fine. That's fine. It was free. Yeah, yeah. It was, that's it was the free. ticket. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. And with that, uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, on Pop Culture Network, which I believe you said, well, I think, wait, did you do that one on the show? Because you did say earlier you were doing the Transformers show that you guys are doing. Oh, I've, I did that one months ago when it came oh, out. Okay. So there's a, you, you can go to popculturenetwork.com and find a video uh, reviewing that toy if you so desire. There you go. Uh-huh. Um, and our um, not here, Tim Dog 98 you can find him at that address on Twitter. You can also find him at the Click Nation on Twitter, you can also find him being the one manning the CB Cron um, Twitter account, as well as going over to theclickNation.com, where you probably are either watching this right now or finding some of, of uh, our past shows and um, or any other articles that Tim or the rare occasions that I would write something, which I need to get better about doing. Over there! Same here! <laughs> Same here. Speaking which con season's coming up? So you exactly. Know, I was about to say. Speaking of speaking of cons, I'm actually going to uh, uh, stop by the Five Points Festival uh, this year. It is um, a, a designer toy and comic and street art and beer uh, show Ooh. in New York City. It's at Pier 36. It is this weekend. Uh, Greg oh, and Greg Snyder are going to be making an appearance. Um, there's a, a an interesting array of uh, guests. Um, at this show, I will be uh, passing through, hopefully on both days, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Well, we look forward to your reporting on that. Pictures, if you have them. Sure. And all that. Uh, is uh, Matt going with you, or is this you, just you? Uh, no, uh, at Matt Wang 97 shout out to at Matt Wang 97 is out of town, so he is not available, but... Uh, oh, so he's on a vacation or whatever. Right, so uh, I will be rolling through this uh, solo dolo. All right. Well, cool. And we also look forward to that and your um, thoughts impressions on uh, of Guardians. Yes. Finally, finally, next week, and then we can finally talk about all of that. Sure. You know, we'll be and out of spoiler territory by that point, right, guys? We can well finally speak about it, you know, freely. Yes. Okay. And with that, like I said, you can find us at uh, any podcast places of uh, of your favorite perusals. You can also find us at cfcspn.us. You can also go to shop.cfcspn.us, which I forgot to mention earlier, and Buy stuff that you know keep us keep us uh, keep us floating. You know, and there's some nice nice things over there. Get you a nice coffee mug or whatever bag that I saw that I can't remember seeing over there that's new or something. Um, but yeah, there's all that. And with all of that, we bring this to a close. Thank you everybody again. 
Uh, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles by the Click Nation, and we are out. Would you believe Peace. It's-